Today's shear begins at the top of Daf Ayin Dalit, at the Mishnah. Before we begin the actual text, we glance at the side. We have a no say a topic heading, which reads Gimel Deus Tanoim three Tanaic opinions binyan haforas neder al yudei yavam regarding the ability of a yavam to annul the vows of a yavama. The Mishnah Shemeres yavam bein the yavam echod bein lishne yivmin a woman whose husband died leaving no children, but he has a surviving brother. The Mishnah makes reference to a possibility of having two surviving brothers. They are the Yivmin. They are, one of them of course, is expected to marry her in order to promote the name of the deceased. Rebelezer Omer Yofer Rebelezer says that uh, vow annulment on the part of the Yavam is a possibility. Even even if you're talking about a case where there are two Yivmen. Rashi tells us that in the Gemara we will be told that the Yavam that will do the annulment is a Yavam who had given her money. That's called Kiddushe Maimer. Um, and those who have learned Maseches Yavamis will be familiar with that concept of Maimer which establishes a type of, say, rabbinic link uh, or rabbinic connection between the Yavam and the Yavama. Uh, a, when we speak about a connection, it means it's a connection beyond the basic Zika uh, link that exists uh, as a result of his being a Yavam. So Rebbe Lozer says that Hafora is a possibility, is a reality in the case of a Shemeris Yavam, even if there happened to be more <coughs> than one surviving brother. Rabbi Omer Le'echad Avoloi Lishnaim. A Shemeris Yavam, her vows can be annulled if there is one Yavam, not if there are two Yivmin. Rabbi Akiva Omer Loi Le'echad Voloi Lishnaim. Rabbi Akiva says there is no annulment done by a Yavam, not if, not if there are two, and not even if there is one. Omar Rebelozer. Ma, now, Rebelozer was of the opinion that a Yavam has the power to annul the Yavama's vows. Rebelozer explains, Ma im isha shekonahu li'atzmo harehu mefer Mind you, a woman that is married by the man on his own volition is, the man has the power to annul her vows. Isha shehiknu lo min ha-shamayim eno din shiofer A woman who is connected is given to a man by heaven. In other words, the Yavama and her connection to the Yavam is through the death of her husband. That's an act of heaven. So that she has been given to to the Yavam through heaven, inter, heavenly intervention, all the more so he should have the powers to annul her vows. Omar lo Rabbi Kiva. Lo, Rabbi Kiva disagrees. And he says, not so, that the, 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 we, we're not going to accept your logic as the basis of such a conclusion. Imamris be'isha shekonahu li'atzmo she'ein l'acherim bo rishus. If you're going to cite the case of a woman that a man on his own 
um, sought out in marriage. That is because uh, others, after a man marries a woman, no one else has any marriage possibility with her. Tomar Should you be able to say the same thing, the same power in the case of a Yibum situation? That's Isha Shehiknu Lomen Shemayim, where if she is, let us say, bound to one Yavam, she's equally bound on a Torah level to all of the brothers. Uh, Rashi goes a little further and says on the third narrow line, If one of the surviving brothers offered her money in anticipation of his doing the Yibum with her, and the other brother comes along, the also Baumimer, and also offers her money for her marriage to him in Yibum, that takes hold. So that you can see there's a certain weakness to a Yibum relationship that you don't find in a regular self-initiated marriage relationship. That's what Rabbi Akiva's point is. That you cannot make a Kavachomer from the case of a regular marriage and extend the annulment rights to the case of Yibo. Omar le Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yeshua now enters the discussion and he says to Rabbi Akiva, says, Akiva, Devorecha Bishne Yivmen, your argument is valid in showing the weakness of Yibum only in the case of two Yivmen. In other words, you, how did you, how did Rabbi Kiva demonstrate the weakness by saying that just like one Yavam who, as according to Rashi, uh, offers her Maimer the money in exchange for her agreeing to marry him, the second brother could also do so, and it takes effect and she won't be able to marry the first husband as a result of that. These are technical points that are elaborated upon in Maseches Yavomis, but Rabbi Kiva's point on demonstrating the weakness of Yibum is understood only when you have two Yivmen. What are you, Rabbi Akiva, going to say in response to Rabbi Eliezer if there's only one Yavam? Omar Loi. So Rabbi Akiva answers, Ein hayavama gemura leisha kishem shaharusa gemura leisha. That's a rather abstract sounding statement, but we can take a look at the Rashi. Omar lein hayavama gemura leisha shim ba alehazar. If an outsider were to have intimacy with the yavama. Mind you, she's waiting for the surviving brother, in other words, her brother-in-law, to marry her. If an outsider would come along and engage in intimacy with her during this interim period, he would not be punishable by capital punishment, by stoning. She'ain ba lo din arusa lo din She's not considered an arusa, which would result in stoning if she uh, behaves immorally, nor is she considered a fully married woman either. Uh, which would ordinarily result in a punishment of chenek. The ein chayovim ela ela lav delosia eishes hames 
Her offense is categorized as a mere violation of a negative command based on the Pusuk that Rashi just cited. That's in the case of a Yavoma acting immorally. However, if a regular marriage, uh, a, a woman, uh, an Arusa, uh, behaves immorally with another man, there the penalty is stoning. So you cannot compare whatever we say with regard to Yavoma to the case of a regular woman. So that in the case of a regular woman, there the, uh, we see that the, the uh, connection is very intense. So much so that an outsider that would have immorality, would conduct I- intimacy with her, would be punishable by stoning. Not so in the case of Yavam, even if it's a singular Yavam that's waiting for her. If an outsider would can have intimacy with her during that period, it would be considered a lav, a violation of a mere negative command, not carrying with it a death penalty. So that the, the fact that a husband can annul vows does not uh, enable me to conclude the same for a yavam to be able to annul vows. The Gemara now continues with the analysis of the Tanoim. Bishlama Rabbi Akiva. I understand Rabbi Akiva that says that a yavam under, under any circumstance, a yavam cannot annul uh, the vows of the Yavama, Savar Ein Zika. Rabbi Kiva is of the opinion that there is no um, tangible connection. Zika means a link or a connection between the two. It's true there's a mitzvah to be performed, but there is no link to enable us to consider her like his wife until they actually consummate the marriage. So uh, that's where he keeps approaching. And as a result, the Yofam is like an outsider and he cannot annul her vows. Rabbi Yoshua, he says, And as a result of that, if there is one Yofam, he is able to annul her vows. We look at Rashi, Rabbi Yoshua, Sovar Yesh Zika, Ulahachi, Le'echod Yofer. Therefore, if there's one Yavam, since there is this bond, the Zika bond, he is like a husband and can annul her vows. If she is a Shemeris Yavam, she's uh, a Yavama waiting for one of two brothers to marry her. There, there's no Hafar, De'en, Brera, Le'ezimen, Zukuka, Le'ezimen, Tisyabim. There, Rabbi Shua denies the um, power or the effectiveness of Brera, retroactive determination to establish to whom she is bound, who is the Yavam. So Rabbi Yeshua's position is also clearly understood. Ella, Rabbi Elazar, but Rabbi Elazar in the Mishnah, my Ta'ame, what is the explanation <coughs> to justify? Hafara, even in the case where there are two Yivmin, even if you say that there is a bond between a Yavam and Yavama, but nevertheless there is no Brera. You can't establish who the Yavam is. So how in the world is a Yavam going to annul her vows when we're not sure that this is the one that's really going to be marrying her? 
In order to explain Rebbe Elazar in the Mishnah, you see we have diamonds, and they introduce um, and they're introduced on the side of the Gemara of the Nosei heading. The topic heading with with the structural note. These are Shtei Deos Lahas Bishitus Rebbe Two opinions in order to explain Rebbe Elazar. Domar Degam Bishnei Yivmen Shaya and even in the presence of two surviving brothers, in other words, there are two brothers-in-law that are, one of whom is waiting to do Yibam with her, we don't know which one it is, uh, how do we explain the possibility of Hafora? So, do as we recommend all the time, uh, just a bird's-eye view, do you see Rabbi Ami in a diamond, that's what, number one, and then there's a second approach, three lines from the bottom. The Gemara continues. Omar Rabbi Ami, Kagoin Sha'osa Ba Maimer. In the situation of two Yivmen, one of them gave her money. And now, with the money being presented by the Yavam to the Bam, which, by the way, is a rabbinic idea. In a regular marriage, in order to establish marriage so a man, a strange man approaches a strange woman and after they uh, let's say get to uh, know each other a little bit he gives her money or something of value in exchange she agrees to marry him. That is a deoraisa, that works on a Torah level, that creates a bond there was no bond to begin with in that case, but in the case of Yibum there is a, uh, we'll say, a, a connection that's established with the death of the husband. So that the uh, relationship between the widow and the brother-in-law is a relationship that exists without the need for money on a Torah level. What happens if the Yavim gives her money? So on a rabbinic level, that, uh, we'll, we'll say that enhances their connection, but on a rabbinic level. So that if one of the Yivmin, one of the surviving brothers, gave her money, we can now uh, employ the Breira idea. Even though the line before we said Ain Breira, in the case of money being given, we can say, oh, now we understand who the Yavam is, and who the, who the, we'll call the singular Yavam is, even though they're really two Yivmin. And hence, He's been uh, isolated or uh, highlighted, and hence he has the power to do uh, hafara. This is Reb Ami's explanation of Reb Lozer in the Mishnah. So that Reb Lozer was speaking specifically about a case where Mimer, the money uh, offer, was made to the Yavama. So uh, with that in mind, the Gemara continues, Reb Lozer, Sovar law Shamai. Rabbi Ami is explaining that the Tana, Rabbi Lezer in the Mishnah, adopts Beishamai's approach to Maimer, the Amri. Beishamai holds Maimer Kina Kinyan Gomor. Maimer is a full fledged form of acquisition. This is an idea that is unique to Beishamai. And the Rosh goes all the way with this and says in the middle of the wide lines we're reading in the Rosh it says it works on a Torah level this is a Chiddush in other words this is not like we said before but now we're explaining things through the eyes of Beishamai 
that the Mimer idea works on a Torah level, the Dorish Nasis through Lakicha. Lakicha is a reference to the offering of money on the part of a Yavam to the Yavama. She becomes like his wife on a Torah level. The Gemara continues, Rabbi Yeshua Omar Loch, Hani Mili Bechad Yavam. Rabbi Yeshua holds that there is a bond between the Yavam and the Yavama, but that's only when there's one Yavam. Avol Bishnei Yavim, if there are two surviving brothers, two brothers-in-law, Loi, Mi'iko Midi, he explains that when you have two, then we can, we don't say that there is a bond which would enable Hafara. Mi'iko Midi, is there anything? Dechi Osi, Achva, Osur Alei, Bebiya, O Begita, U Mefer, could there possibly be a situation where the, the second brother could come along and break the bond, so to speak, prevent the first brother-in-law from marrying her and think that in the meantime the first brother-in-law would be able to be Mayfair. Let's explain that a little further by looking at the uh, Rosh commentary. Rabbi Shua Sovar Hanimili Bechad Acho. Rabbi Shua Lo Sovar Kebe Shamai. Rabbi Shua does not hold like Be Shamai. Uh, that, uh, that the Mimer would establish a full fledged uh, husband wife level relationship. Hilkoch Bechad Acho Mefer. Therefore, if there's one Yavam, he can undo, he can annul the Val Mishum Zika because of the Zika bond. The chashiva kiknusa, the fact that there is one clear yavam, that makes it as if she is already married to him. That's the power of saying yesh zika. Avo betray when you have two brothers-in-law, ein zika v'afilu also ba'maimer. This is the main point that Rabbi Yeshua is making: that when you have two yifmen, there is no zika, even if one of them gave her money. Why? Is that so? Since the second brother, the one who did not do the Mimer, if he were, let us say, give the Avoma a divorce document, a get, or he were to engage in intimacy with her, that first brother-in-law that gave her money would not be allowed to marry her, to do the evil. So as we saw in the Gemara, how could it be that a man who, even if he gave her money, but his his uh, his bond to her is subject to uh, to reversal, to dissolution? How could it be that such a man could have the power to annul her vows? And that scenario is so when you have two yivmen, two brothers-in-law. We continue in the Gemara of Rabbi Kiva Savar. Ein Zika. Rabbi Kiva says there is no bond. There is a mitzvah to do yibum, but there is no bond that establishes the Yavam Yavama to be like husband and wife. And therefore, even in the case of one Yavam, he cannot annul her vows. The Gemara asks, Ula Rebbe Lazar. This is a um, another opinion. Don't we? So sometimes the 
issue, the issue of names could be confusing. This is not a reference to uh, the the Tana Rebbe Eliezer in our Mishnah, but this is a uh, an uh, an Amora whose name is Rebbe ben Pedos. And a, so the Gemara now asks, the Amar Ben Pados, this Amora interprets Beishamai with regard to Mimer, not like we saw Rav Ami explain. But rather, it doesn't create a full-fledged husband-wife relationship. All that Mimer does is that it's Doiche Betzara, Ela Lidchais Betzara. My Ika Lameimar. According to Rebeloza's approach to Beis Shammai, that the Mimer doesn't establish, as we said, a full-fledged husband-wife relationship, why then does the Tana, Rebeloza, in the Mishnah say that even in the case of Shnei Yivmin, where there are two surviving brothers, Hafora is a possibility? The Gemara will answer that with uh, diamond number two. Before we go further, though, we look in the Rosh commentary to appreciate a little more what does uh, Rebbe Lozer mean when he says, according to Beishamai, Maimer is only Deiche Betzora. So we take a look in the Rosh commentary. You'll notice the um, more than halfway down the wide lines of the Rosh. He says, Regarding that which is taught in that Perik of Yevomus, that's called the Arba Achim. What is the story at hand? Shlosh Achim, there, there are three brothers, and by the way, by all means, use the chart that we've included at the bottom of the page to follow along. So you have three brothers, and on the chart you can see they're called uh, Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi, abbreviated with singular letters. There are three brothers, Shnaimem, Nisum, Shteachoyos, two of them, Ruvain and Shimon, you can see on the chart, are married to Rochel and Leah, respectively. V'echod Mufne, and there's a third unmarried brother, namely Levi. Meisechod Mibale Achoyos, one of the two brothers married to the two sisters died. And on our, our diagram, you can see a number one indicating the death of, and the slash through the Reish, indicating the death of that brother, Ruvain. He died. V'osobon Mufne Maimer, and stage two, you can see uh, Levi gives Rochel money. That's Kiddushay Maimer. And then Shimon dies. That's stage three. Now, is there a bond between Levi and Rochel? Well, there's a bond, uh, a Maimer bond, or uh, a connection that was established through the Maimer. And as a result of that connection... That Levi can remain with Rochel and the Halazu Isha. And Leah is exempt from Yibum. She's not a candidate for Yibum because she is, in effect, the sister of Rochel, who is like Levi's wife. Not full fledged wife, and that's the main point right now. But like. Levi, Rochel is like Levi's wife, so that 
Leah is viewed as the sister of Levi's wife, and a man cannot marry two sisters, and therefore uh, there's exemption from Yibum with regard to Leah. The Kamar Veloser, Hod the Kamri Beishamai, the Maimur Kainim in that which Beishamai says that Maimur has a an acquisition power on a Torah level, Hanudafka, Lichis Hatzara, Eishis Achiv, Shenafalah, Venasis Lotzara, Benafilazu. That it works on a Torah level to exclude Leah from Yibum. We might point out that if Levi had not done Mimer with Rachel, but simply been a remained a totally single brother, uh, Ruvain died and then Shimon died. You have two sisters that are, uh, we'll say, uh, confronting Levi, and Levi would not be able to do Yibum with either one because. Uh, either woman is Achoisikukoso, is the sister of a woman who is connected to him through the Yibum bond. So that the fact that Levi did Maimer with Rachel is a, we'll say, a Chiddush, that he, Levi can stay with Rachel and is not threatened by the uh, Achos Zikuka issue that would have been a threat, as we said, had Maimer not been done. So you see that Maimer has a power, a total level power to uh, to disqualify Leah, in our case, from Yibum. The Rosh goes on, though, If Levi, after doing Maimer with Rachel, thinks to get rid of her, to divorce her with a mere divorce document that you would give to a regular wife, that's not so over here. The Chalitza Nami Baya, Chalitza is still necessary, the Hani Hach Rosh, the Perikam uh with uh, with regard to why this is so, so the Rosh cites a Gemara condition, which we don't have to get into right now. So, as we saw in the Gemara, according to the Amoro Rebbe Lozar, who understands the, that the power of Maimer with regard to Beishamah uh, ha- has limited effect, so then how do we explain the Tano Rebbe Eliezer, who said that even when there are two Yivmin, the uh, Hafora is a possibility. So the Gemara answers. The court intervened, uh, and Mimer was done. Okay, that you can see that point in Rashi. The Rosh on that detail has a different take on it, but to keep things simple, one of the uh, brothers did do Mimer, which we already established doesn't really create a husband-wife bond. However, it's enough that uh, the the court, Kigon Shalman Bedin, as we saw in the Gemara, uh, the court got involved and said, you know, uh, we expect you to do Yibam, where you can't leave her hanging for so long, and they said that you now have to start supporting her. And as a result of this Yavam, one of the two, that the court uh, identified, isolated, and demanded him to start supporting her, the vows that she takes, that the Yavama takes, are based on the Yavam's approval based on Rapinchas' teaching 
and we take a look at the in the Rashi, Kigon Shomer Bedin. Rashi says Misha'asa Ba Maimer Shazu Tavasei Bedin Mipnei Shalohoya Miyabmo. He had done Maimer. One of the two surviving brothers gave her money, and she sought him out. Let's go all the way and consummate our evil marriage. And he was uh, he was tarrying. And as Rashi says, she placed a claim against him in the in the court because he wasn't going ahead. The Chayvu Bezdin Linosei Law and Bezdin imposed an obligation on him to now consummate the marriage. Uborach and he ran away. The Chayv Lovim is himself of Pinchas. And well, with that, he is bound to support her, and he thereby is able to annul her vows. Uh, and that's as Rav Pinchas teaches. We read in the Gemara: Rav Pinchas mishmei the Rav of the Omar kol hanoderes women who vow aldas bailo e noderes. She vows uh, assuming the approval of her husband. We speak about of her husband, and we're referring to in this case of the one who is supporting her. So, with all of that information in place. We can understand that even if they're two Yivmen, the Tana, Rebbe Lezer can say, can say that the one that was obligated by the court to support her, he is the one, the Yavam, that has the ability to annul her vows. We continue at the top of Omid Beis. You'll notice we have a long question marking. And... The question here is focused on Rebbe Ami's explanation. Uh, this approach, uh, you can see, in, is taken by the Rosh in a very explicit fashion, that this is a question on Rebbe Ami. Rebbe Ami had established the Tano Rebbe Lezer as uh, empowering the Yavam that did Maimer with her to annul her vows. So now we continue in the Gemara Tanan, Omer Rebbe Eliezer. This is, of course, a quote from the Mishnah, and we're dealing with the Tana Rebbe Eliezer that Rabbi Ami was coming to explain. What does it say in the Mishnah? Uma im isha If a mind you, if a man marries a woman on his own volition, he gains the power of annulling her vows. Isha shehikno. Lo min hashamayim, a woman that was granted to him through heaven. All the more so, he has the power to annul her vows. If Rebbe Lezer in the Mishnah is speaking as Rebbe Ami claimed that he had uh, <coughs> taken the initiative of giving her money, then he acquired her. The Mishnah describes <coughs> Rebbe Lezer. As, this, as, as referring to a woman that was granted him by heaven. But if Rebbe Ami's explanation is so, that the Mishnah, namely Rebbe Lezer and the Mishnah, is speaking about a case where Mimer was done, so why do you say, that's heavenly uh, granted to him, or heavenly entitled to him? He did it. He gave her money. The Gemara answers, that's not a question. It's true he gave her money, but who was he giving? Who was he, the Yavah, giving money to? He was giving money to a woman that came to him through 
heavenly intervention through the death of her husband. So that the the term of Hikna Loma Shemayim does not contradict the explanation of, of Rab Ami. Now you notice we have a bracketed section. Uh, one could debate the uh, the need or the validity of having brackets here, but what we are trying to accomplish is if you skip the bracketed section, you see immediately the Gemara says Tanya Nami Hochi Kirebi Ami. We now are going to bring support. It's a very long point. This long point takes us to the uh, top of Ayin Hey Omen Aleph. One very long point where we, uh, we pre- present a Tanaic source which serves as a support for Rabami. So that in the give and take of the Gemara, we raised the question at the top line on Rabami. We answered the question of Rabami. And then we bring support to Rabami. Now, we have a bracketed section. Within the bracketed section, it's true the Gemara deals with the issue of Mimer, but we can view that which is in the bracketed section as a, as a separate point. With all of that having been said, let's go now straight through the Gemara without skipping. What, why, what I wanted to show is that simply after the brackets, having answered the question of Ravami, we then uh, have a support to Ravami which is very nice. Now, in the brackets, we continue. Tifshot de boy rabo. When you see this Gomorrah structure, uh, Tifshot de boy so-and-so, basically it's a, it's a question which says, with what we've learned, can we now resolve a question that was posed by so-and-so? In this case, Rabo had posed a question once upon a time, and with the information we've learned, we should be able to answer his question. What's, uh, let's see, uh, um, hinted to in a Gemara like this is that, well, but after all, Rabo, in this case, Rabo had the question, so didn't he know uh, everything that we've said till this point? And still he had the question. So it must be that we can't resolve his question based on what we've learned. So, we have, as far as our markings are concerned, we're starting this not as, we're not describing it, even though we're, we're it inti- there's an intimated question. We're calling this a point. And then the Gemara is going to say, at the end of this long point, no, you can't conclude that which we are suggesting. So now let's see this in the Gemara. Tifshot de boy rabo. Let us conclude... Uh, offer an answer to Rabba's question. What does Rabba? What does Rabba ask? Maimer lebei shamai. Maimer according to Beishamai. Does it accomplish erusin? Erusin is the first stage of marriage between a let's say regular husband and wife situation, or does it establish Nisuin? Of course, Maimer is in the context of Yibum. But what level of connection is achieved by Maimer, according to Beishamai, if you were to compare the Yavoma after Maimer to a case of a regular marriage? Does it create Erusin, uh, Erusin status, or Nisuin status? So, in light of what we've learned till now, Tifshot, let us conclude, the Nisuanaisa, that 
it accomplishes the Nisuin level, the high level, the level of consummation. The E, Eris and if Mimer simply brought them to the Erusin level, Hotnan, but we've learned earlier, Naira Murasa, Avia, Ubaila, Mefira Nidara. There's no annulment of vows in the case of a, 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 a Rusa, Naira Murasa, unless the father is also involved. Yet, we saw uh, in our current discussion, we saw that uh, Rebbe Eliezer said that even if you have multiple Yivmin, once Mimer is done, as Rabbi Ami explained, once Mimer is done, who that one Yavam who did the Mimer is able to annul the vows. There's no reference to a father working along with him. So it must be that the Mimer creates a type of Nisuin status. Had it been an Erisin status, then the Yavam wouldn't have been able to function on his own as we uh, as we've been assuming. Bigmar says no, you can't reach any conclusions regarding Rabba's question, because as far as our Yavam is concerned, Alma Rav Nachman Bar Yofer, what is meant by Yofer in our Mishnah with uh, Rebbe Lozer saying that the uh, Yavam can be Mefer, it's Yofer B'Shutfis. It's Hafara, but together with the Father. And if that be the case, so then it could be that all that Mimer accomplishes is Erisin. So Rabbo is left with his question. The uh, statement of, or the position of Rebbe Lozer in the Mishnah cannot be used to, con- to resolve his question. Tanyo Nami at this point, the Gemara cites a Tanaic source that will uh, to support Rav Ami that the Machloikis Tanoim in the Mishnah and focusing on Rebbe Lozer momentarily is a case where the Yavam did Mimer. There were two Yivmen and one of them did Mimer with the Yavama. As far as how are we going to see a support in this source you're going to have to wait till the Gemara at the top of Ayin Hay, uh, which elaborates on information in this source. On the side of the Gemara, you can see we have a nosei, a topic heading, we call Hemshech, a simply a continuation of the topic. Siwami Braisa, a support from a Tanaic source, Lehezberish Reb Ami, Bedivrei Reb Lozar, uh, to support Reb Ami, who was an Amora, Reb Ami's explanation of the Tana Reb Lozer, the Ben Yovam Echad Ben Shnei Yivmin the Yovam Mefer Shemeduber B'Shasa Ba Maimer. In the Mishnah, we're talking about a case where one of those two surviving brothers had done Maimer with their sister-in-law, and we want we know Heora Ech Roim Hasiwa Musbar Be'Ayin Heyom Enav. How to see the support will be explained on Ayin Hayom and Aleph. So now, we have a Gemara, and note again, like we mentioned earlier, it's a long point, and it takes you till the fifth line from the top of Ayin Hayom and Aleph. So we continue now with the Tanaic. So, Shemeris Yavam, Bein Yavam Echod, Bein Shnei Yivmin, a Shemeris Yavam, even if she is an Almona with two 
of her husband's surviving brother is present, Rebbe Lezer Omer Yofer. Rebbe says, Hafora is a possibility. One of those Yivmen will have the power to be Mefer. Rebbe Yeshua Omer, Le'echa V'lolishnayim, a Yavim can be Mefer only if he is a singular, a sole uh, brother, and not one of two or more brothers. Rabbi Akiva Oimer Lo Le'echad Velo Lishnayim. Rabbi Akiva says there is no hafara on the part of a Yavam, not only if there are two brothers, but even if there's one surviving brother, nevertheless he has no no hafara power. Amar Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Lezer, who was very much in favor of, of uh, Yavam doing hafara, having the power to do hafara, explains, Uma Yimisho She'en Lo Chelek Bo'ad Shelo Tovel Yerushuso. Misha Bosa Lurushuso Nigmarolo, mind you, a woman in a regular marriage situation, that he has no uh, connection with her before she comes into his domain. When she comes into his domain, for example, the uh, Orus is Mefer the Nidorum the, uh, with her father. So we see that a, uh, a husband who previously had no connection with her, once she enters. The, mar- the domain of marriage, the realm of marriage, he does have the power to annul her vows. In the case of a Yavoma, this is a woman that the Yavam had a connection with her before she enters his domain. Namely, before he does anything, she is connected to him. She's zakuka to him. So, when she when she comes into his domain, and we'll have to explain that later. That's the point the Gemara will make on Daf Ayin Heman Aleph that this expression Mishabosu is in fact a reference to the Mimer. That is the that's a point of support of Ami's explanation of Rebbe Lezer. Don't forget we're dealing we're speaking right now within Rebbe Lezer. So that this expression and when and when she enters his domain, the Yavama enters the realm, the domain of the Yavam, all the more so he has the power to uh, may for her Nidorim. Omar Lo Rabbi Akiva Lo. Rabbi Akiva disagrees. If you're saying that a woman who was Acquired by a man on his own, just like he has no connection with her before Arison, so too no others have any connection with her before Arison. Should you say the same thing with regard to a Yavama, a woman who was granted to him by heaven, just like he has a connection with her, so to other Yivmin, uh, other brothers, uh, surviving brothers of the deceased, have a connection with her. Omar lo Rabbi Yoshua, Akiva, your point in demonstrating the We'll say the weakness of a Yavam is only in the case where there are a couple of them, a couple of surviving brothers. Mata Yavam What are you going to answer in terms of or concerning a situation of one Yavam? Omar Lo. So Rabbi Akiva responds. Klum al Yavam Echod Do we? Do you think that we really make a distinction between one Yavam and two Yavam? 
Whether Maimer was done or Maimer was not done, in all cases of Yibom, her status is not like the status of a Nara Hamurasa to uh, be Machayev, one who has intimacy with, with her, with a Yavoma, as would be the case of a Nara Hamurasa. Ukishar Dvorim Kain And just like regarding other matters, like the matter of capital punishment for immorality, the Yavama does not have the status of a Nara Murasa, so too with regard to Nidoram. The Yavama does not have the status of a Nara Murasa. Namely, in the case of Nara Murasa, there is Hafora as a, as a possibility uh, on the part of a husband. In the case of Yibum, there is no Hafora possibility on the part of the Yavam. But Lashon Omar Benazai, using the following expression, Benazai said, Woe unto you, that you didn't learn enough from Rabbi Akiva to know how to give such sharp answers and responses as Rabbi Akiva. I'm sure uh, some of you, if not many of you, uh, sense that we were explaining a lot more into the words than the literal translation of the text would have uh, suggested. So of course uh, everything we said is based on the Meforshim that you see on the daf and how did the Meforshim come to their conclusions? By of course learning on in the Gemara. The Gemara asks, my we continue at the top of Ayin Hamad Aleph Tanyo Kavosei Durabiyami where in this source do you see that Rabbi Ami's explanation of Rabbi Lezer finds support. What was Rabbi Ami's explanation of Rabbi Lezer? Rabbi Lezer says that even in the case of multiple Yivmen, how far is the possibility? It's because one of the Yivmen did Maimer. And as a result of the Maimer, so that Yavam has Hafara powers. Do you see that in the words of Rabbi Lezer in this text? So, Gemara says, yeah, you'll see it, but we have to read on. Point number one. From the fact that in this source it said, Bain Sha'osa Ba Maimer. Bain Shalo Osa Ba Maimer. If you uh, want to navigate with the, uh, with the markings, so you see that we have on the right hand side of the text a mark indicating to look back at Ayin Dalit Omid Bays. So if you go back to Ayin Dalit Omid Bays, you'll find the corresponding mark. Three lines up from the bottom, you see a similar mark indicating Ayin Hayom and Aleph. So it's at that point that this quote was mentioned. What was going on there? Rabbi Akiva was responding to Rabbi Yoshua, who was clarifying the circumstances of this source involving Yivmin. And what did Rabbi Akiva say? He said, listen, when you're dealing with Yivmin, whether, whether Mimer was done or whether Mimer wasn't done. So you can see that it must be that Rabbi Akiva had heard that Rabbi Eliezer had explained the Yavam's ability to be made for because Maimer was done. 
Well, that's exactly what Rabbi Ami said. You can see Rashi on the second line from the top. Uh, Rabbi Kiva says, do you think we make any distinctions in the case of Yibum, etc. and so forth? And he says, whether Yimaymer was done or not. It must be that Rabbi Kiva heard Rabbi Lezer taking the position that if the Yavam had done Maimer, had offered her money, so then he gets the powers of Hafora. Because of that, Rabbi Kiva responded the way he did. What's important for us is that through Rabbi Kiva's argument back to those that uh, argue with him, including Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Lezer must, Rabbi Lezer had said that the Yavam's ability to do hafara, even in the case of multiple Yavim, is because that one had given her money, had done Maimer. That's what Rabbi Ami had said as explaining Rabbi Eliezer. We continue in the Gemara, In Ami, May Reisha Dikotani. Now here, in order to find where this quote is coming from, uh, we also have a, uh, an, a cross-reference marking. And to the left-hand side of the Gemara text, you see a mark indicating Ayin Dalet Omid Beis. So look back to Ayin Dalet Omid Beis, for the same cross-reference marking, and you see Ayin Heom and Aleph. So it's uh, it's explained from the uh, as the Gemara says, Inami may Reisha. Alternatively, or in addition, from the Reisha, you can see a support to Rabbi Ami and his explanation of Rabbi Eliezer Tikotoni, and this is a quote from Rabbi Eliezer himself speaking, not like we saw before trying to figure out Rebbe Lezer through the eyes of Rebbe Akiva, but this is a quote from Rebbe Lezer himself. And what did it say? Regarding the Yavama, it says, and when she comes into his domain, so certainly Nigmarolo, uh, certainly he has the power to do Hafara. Uh, the the low Kaddish, if the Yavam had not given her money, my nigmarolo, what does that expression mean? Uh, she is now complete with him. Tifshot mine, from this terminology, nigmarolo, kisha'osa ba maimer. It's a reference to the Yavam having done maimer with her. As you can see at this point then, we've come to the end of the long point, which had uh, Rav Ami seeing support from the Tanaic source that the Tana, Rebbe Lezer, in speaking about Hafora powers of a Yavam, even when there are two Yivmen, is when one of the Yivmen had done Mimer. At this point, the Gemara uh, wants to explain another, let's say, vague phrase found in the Brisa, at the end of the Brisa on Ayandala Omid Beis, and uh, you have a, another cross-reference marking, you can see on the left-hand side of our Gemara, uh, an arrow indicating to look at Ayandala Omid Beis, you'll discover a corresponding arrow, two lines from the bottom, back there on Ayandala Omid Beis, indicating to look to Ayan Heom and Aleph, where this quote comes from. So the Gemara asks, My Ukshar Dvorim Kenadorim Dekotoni. This was Rabbi Akiva's uh, summation. Uh, 
whereby he said, uh, just like in other areas, so too in the case of Nadarim. Omar Rava Hochi Kotani. This is the understanding of Rabbi Akiva's point. Iato Moide She'ein Chayovim Skilo Kinam Rosa. Do you not agree that in the case of immorality on the part of a Shemeris Yovam, a woman waiting to do Yibum, that there is no death penalty, there's no stoning. Even if Maimer was done, there's no stoning, as would have been the case of a Nara Hamurasa, a, an outsider woman who met a man who offered her marriage. In the case of a Nara Hamurasa, uh, one who conducts immorality with her would get stoned. Omar Rev Ashi Masnisen Nami Daika. From our Mishnah Daf Ayin Dalad Omid Aleph, you can see a support to this understanding of the Brisa that proof is brought. Uh, Rabbi Kiva is bringing proof from the fact that there's a chiyuv skila in a regular marriage, which you don't find in the case of yibum. What did it say in the Mishnah on Ayin Dalar Ben Aleph? Ein yevama gemura leisha kashem sharusa gemura leisha. A yevama is not a complete uh, bond, as is the case of an arusa with her husband. Now, from the fact that we're referring to the man-woman relationship using the word Isha, it must be that we're talking about a case of Mimer. Uh, that, that point you can see in the Rashi. Dikotani, ein hayavama gemura li'isha, mitakakari li'avama isha. From the fact that the Loshan Isha was used. Isha means Ish Shelah, her husband. And it said, Ein Gyevama Gemura Le Isha. That word, from the fact that she is being referred to as the Isha of her Ish, Almok Shosva Maimer Askinan. We're talking about a case of Maimer. Maimer was done. Umidika Omar Hacha. And from the fact that it says here, the Ikonami Lahakish Larusa, that we're comparing or contrasting the Yavoma after Maimer to the case of Arusa, it's because of Skila, which is not present in the case of the Yavoma, even if Maimer was done, the Eino Mefer, Kishem Shemefer Arusa, as opposed to the Arusa case, uh, a regular marriage where uh, Hafora is a possibility. Not so in the case of Yibum. And they, that, that the point of contrast, though it's not so explicit in the Mishnah, but the fact that the Yavama is being contrasted with the case of the Arusa, and in the case of Arusa we know there's a penalty of Skila, it must be that in contrast with her, the Yavama, there is no penalty of Skila, and therefore there is no Hafora power on the part of the Yavam, either. With that, we conclude our Shior for today.